Father, I just pray right now, first of all, that you'd open up your word to our message. And uh, Lord, you love your people. Lord, you're not disappointed in your people. But Lord, you can, you can challenge them, exhorting, training, rebuking. That's part of, it's in your word. And Lord, we want to do it in love because you love your people. Um, but do, I do pray that you'd encourage those that are available that can do this. It would be a sacrifice, but they can do it. I pray that you'd round them up. And Lord, that we would be an influence in our city, not to become a better, cooler church. Lord, to help people. Help us to have that heartbeat. And Lord, we, we care about the people. And Lord, it's, I know that we don't want to have the heart that's always somebody else will take care of it. Help us be, though, somebody else. And I pray that you'd encourage the people to do it. Lord, I pray that you do it in all the areas that we would be a church that is willing to sacrifice. Lord, not our families on the altar, but Lord, our, sometimes our own pleasures for a moment, Lord, to give to someone else. And I, I pray that you do that, and I don't want to speak on your behalf um, to someone's own heart, but I pray that you'd either confirm or deny it to them and that they would know it, Lord. And if someone can't do it, that they shouldn't feel guilt. Lord, you, you'll steer them in the right direction. Let it be by your hand, Lord. And so, and I pray for the sermon and the message, Lord, that uh, um, you can use anybody, Lord. And I pray that you'd make your word come to life. Let it come to life, Lord. Let it change us. Let it encourage us. Let it challenge us. And I pray that you'd open up your scriptures, Lord, in Hebrews today, the book of Hebrews, and, uh, and bless it in Jesus' name. Amen. And we will be in the book of Hebrews. And if you're wondering if God likes coffee, Hebrews. <laughs> so <laughs> that was really a pathetic joke. <laughs> that everybody's heard dead times. Uh, that's what. Oh, yeah, that's right. That is, that's right. Thank you for reminding me after the prayer. Hey, can we have the, our veterans stand up? Tomorrow's Veterans Day. Can we have our veterans stand up? Anybody, veterans, this morning. All right. Amen. Amen. Stay standing, if you would. Stay standing. Stay standing. Yeah. Amen. You know, the Bible says to give honor to whom honor is due. And, and those that have put their lives willingly at the risk for our nation, a nation that really benefits from freedom. We have the freedom to worship many places they do not. The freedom that has rung out from our nation that has been won through soldiers has rung throughout this world and is an incredible influence. Do you not agree? These are the people in times of war who have stood out for you. They are the ones, like Christ, sacrificed for mankind. They, in a way, have sacrificed themselves for on your behalf or offered themselves. And there are those that have not come back from wars and that have paid the price. I've done their funerals. You've seen them die. You know that. These are the people who have laid themselves on the line, whether in deed or whether in... Um, where they actually went to battle or they prepared themselves for it. We give you guys honor for your service. We do. It is genuine. You deserve it. You know, don't praise yourself, but let another's lips praise you. Let me give you the praise at the city gates. Blessings to you for serving our nation.
Father, you stay standing if you would. Can you guys stand one more time? I'm sorry. Come on, you guys are military. You certainly can't be tired. Do we have a drill sergeant in the house? So get him, get him on there. Father, we just pray. And can you just reach a hand out to them? Lord, thank you for our military folk, Lord, our soldiers, Lord, our commanders, our officers, Lord, our corpsmen. I pray that you bless them. Lord, keep them safe. I thank you for those that are serving now, that you'd keep them safe. I thank you for those that have served. Lord, they put their time in. I pray for a continued healing and restoration for those that have seen the horrors of battle. I pray that you restore their hearts. Lord, I pray that you bless them. Lord, I pray that you'd remind them of the good things that you've deposited them, even in the military, that you've put in their souls. Lord, through the bad times and through the good times. Lord, we honor them before you. You love a soldier. You're the Lord of armies, the Lord of hosts. That's your name. So we bless them, Lord, and in your honor, we bless them. They are worthy of the praise that we give them. And we bless them in Jesus' name. If you agree, can you say aloud, amen. 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 God bless you guys and women. Amen. Well, speaking of another soldier of a different sort, you know, I was at the gym um, the other day, and uh, I put on the TV, and it had Billy Graham on it. And uh, some of you know that, uh, who know me pretty well know that I really uh, love Billy Graham, um, not because I identify with him that I think, you know, like I'm modeling my ministry or anything like that after him. We're totally different people, but I, I love who he is. He's somebody who has stood the test of time, has he not? You know, in our age of heroes and of people, whether it's politicians, even religious leaders of different kind who've propagated themselves as people who are important, um, Billy Graham is one who stood the test. And one of the things I've loved about him is his humility. Um, he's not somebody who's real full of himself. Um, you know, they, they were asking him a bunch of questions. And every time they were asking his questions, all these newscasters, uh, he, he kept pointing them to Christ. He, they said, what about you, Billy? You're so amazing. He's going, no, trust me, I'm not. But let me tell you about Christ. I mean, tell me what Christ did. You know, hasn't evil just increased? I mean, that's what everyone's saying. He's going, no, evil's always been there. It's always because it's been in the human heart is where it's been. You know, evil isn't in some, you know, nuclear weapon or some destructive leader. You know, it's, it's in that, I mean, it is in the destructive leader. It's in the person. It's in the heart of a person. And that's where evil comes from. It comes from the sin of the heart. But thank God for Jesus Christ. Because he paid the price so that he can dwell in us, so that the goodness of who God is, his power, his fruit, will come out into our lives. And, you know, we're going through the series now called Grow, the Fruit of the Spirit of My Life. I want you to really just contemplate that a minute. It's the fruit. It's the, that's the Greek word, karpos, which is the produce or the harvest. The harvest of the Spirit, like when the Spirit sows seeds, he's going to produce a harvest. When Christ comes in to save us, do you think he's just throwing some seeds out there hoping in, in your life, hoping it will do well? Or do you think he knows that it will do well? He's not the stupid farmer. God is a good farmer. He knows. He's going to produce a harvest of righteousness. And we get this fruit of the Spirit. It's not the fruit of your ambition. It's not the fruit of your flesh. It's not the fruit of your cooperation. It's the fruit of the Spirit. That scripture, you can put the next one, and this is where we're focusing today. Next slide, one, one up. It's faithfulness. 
Can everyone say faith? Faith. faith. That's really the, the, the word. It's in the noun format there, the word pistis. Um, it's not pistos, which is the adjective, which kind of leads into like a trustworthy or faithful person. It's just faith. It's the same word when you see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. It gets right there, faithfulness. That's the same word, faith. It's when we say we're saved by grace through faith and this, not of ourselves, that is the gift of God, that is the same word. We're saved by faith, not our faithfulness. This scripture is talking about one thing, one of the fruits of the Spirit is, can you say with me, faith. Faith, it's believing and it's trusting. It's not putting your hope in, in yourself. It's putting your hope in God. And as you put your hope in God, and if that faith is real, how many know that it produces works? It produces works. We're not saved by those works. We're saved by our faith. And we're not even saved by our faith. We're saved by the grace given to us. And then our faith is put in that grace that God gives us. Amen? Amen. Now, this faith that is given to us is from God and we start to obey in it, and then faith becomes faithfulness. Trust becomes action. We hear God, we believe him, and then we begin to act on it. Now, we don't yet see it, and that's what the scripture is going to show us. Because when you really want to know what faith is, Hebrews is the best chapter on that. And, and also, you can go, and I'm going to talk about love and faithfulness of Proverbs 3. The first few chapters of Proverbs talks about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom and how we need to trust in God and his ways. And then Proverbs 3 starts to talk about the faithfulness that God wants you to bind around your neck. He says, I want you to wear it. I want you to remember it. I want you to think about it, where your hope is. And then he's going to give some action steps. So we're going to go through Hebrews and then touch a little bit on Proverbs 3. And I promise you, you will be changed today. Why? Because by faith, I believe that is God's promise to us that he will change us. How does faith? Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Are you going to hear the word of God today? Yes. Yes. Then you're going to grow. Amen? So let's start with number one, faith. It is what is unseen. Faith is being sure. And be convicted by that a little bit, because I was. Because, you know, when you, I can just read the scripture, being sure of what is unseen. But when you really look at it, it's being sure and certain of what we do not see. Now, it's not, it's not what the world kind of associates with a, a blind faith where, you know, someone says, God created everything. Well, do you have any evidence? No, but I just believe it. I believe because I have faith. Listen, it doesn't mean that there's no evidence there. There is evidence, and God can supply the evidence. But what he's saying is, at this point, you may not see it all, but you're going to trust me anyway. God spoke to Abraham and said, you're going to have a child, and Abraham ends up 100 years old, and he goes, I don't think I'm having a child, <laughs> right? Except that he kept, he was unwavered through his unbelief. His unbelief was there, but he didn't waver in it, and he kept on trusting God. And that's where you get the guy crying out, Lord, help my unbelief. He goes, do you believe? He goes, yeah, I believe, but help my unbelief, right? How many of you experienced that? I trust God. Do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then you kind of get pumped up, man. I believe God. I trust the man. He's there. And then you tell someone, I totally trust God. Five minutes later, but is he going to come through? Right? And thank God. And those of you who are younger Christians, let me encourage you. God brings a stability and a consistency to your faith. Because you begin to see who God is and what he's done. 
where you get a confidence. You just, I was just talking to someone at first service, and after the message, she goes, you know, when we started giving, she goes, it was a really big step, and we couldn't do it. And she goes, and finally, we just trusted God. We did it. And she goes, we have a peace, Eric, that you cannot imagine. And, um, and then I said, well, what happened? She goes, well, God started blessing us right away, and then all of a sudden, we got out of work. We had no work. You know, her husband lost his job. And I go, so what happened? She goes, we kept giving on what we had. And he goes, and we never worried once. We just trusted God. And God's come through even when we had no money. And you don't think that can happen? You don't think God can take care of you even when you have no money? I'm telling you, he can. You know, faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see this is what the ancients were commended for. Let me tell you what, what your faith might be in. Do you believe that God will save you? Raise your hand if you believe that. Okay, listen, it's a hope. Have you seen yourself completely saved already? Are you in heaven right this second? Well, in a sense you are, positionally. But listen, do, do you see yourself as completely sanctified and holy? How many still hope for these things? That's called faith. You trust that God will bring it about. He is changing me. He is delivering me. The promises he gave me, he will fulfill. This is faith. You're stepping out, not in just some self-belief. I believe I'll just, you know, have a new car. God doesn't want you to just randomly believe things and, put, and stick to it. He wants you to know him and believe what he says in his word and what he speaks to your heart through his word. Do I hear an amen? Listen, Romans 3.28 says, and this is Paul's conclusion. He concludes that a man is justified. That means made, made right in God's eye. It's an imputation. For those of you who know that word, in other words, God looks at you and he says, you are righteous. It's, it's an imputation of justification that you didn't earn. I give you it by Christ and what he's going to do and what he's done. We conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. In other words, it's not the law is not going to get you more grace and salvation. It's by the Lord. And listen, Galatians 5.5, 5, it says, By faith we eagerly await through the Spirit the righteousness for which we hope. How many of you would like to be a little more righteous? Do you ever wonder when you're struggling with a sin of some kind, you're going, oh, man, Lord, I wish I was past this. And you go, Lord, you know, you go, all right, I'm going to try to get past this, and you give it your effort. Then all of a sudden it feels like, wah, wah. Right? And then the Lord, he's working in your heart. And pretty soon he goes, man, you're just so full of your own thoughts and yourself. And then you just remember, that's right, God's in control. That's right. Jesus died on the cross. He's going to bring deliverance. And all of a sudden you see that thing change. And God does something miraculous. This is the good thing about God. Faith is the source of our, source of our hope. Faith, the scriptures in Hebrews continues on verse 3. It explains our origins by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible or tangible. In other words, you have a couple thousand years ago, way before, any, before the electron microscope, you know, before we had um, you know, the ability of you know, radio spectrometers or anything that we can measure things, simple life. And here, this author is writing here, God made stuff out of what was transcendent. And now we look and go, where did matter come from? Where did reality come from? And people who have a naturalistic worldview will say, well, the nature made itself. The nature would have to exist already to make itself. Right? 
Well, either nothing made it, or the same thing that it is made it, which makes no sense, or it came from some transcendent place, which is not itself. And this author says, by faith, we understand that God commanded it, and it was done. It's a force of power and intelligence beyond our knowledge. By faith, we believe it. It explains our origins. We trust God. Who made it? He did it. No one was there, but we trust that he's telling us the right thing. How many say amen? Listen, faith continues the confidence of our provision. By faith, it just continues. This is a description of faith. Again, he's saying faith is unseen. It's invisible. Faith is like this. Faith is like that. Then he says by faith, and then he offers this first human example. He says, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as a righteous man when God spoke well of his offerings. And by faith, he still speaks even though he is dead. Now this, somehow we have Cain and Abel, which are the two boys of Adam and Eve. And and one of them presents offerings to God of what he made. And the other guy, one does too. One God goes, that's right. And the other one, God says, hmm, not good. This isn't right. And it, it has to do with their trust. Their faith, their confidence in God's provision. One trusted, one didn't. Now, Genesis 4.2 is, the, is the, the, the next slide there. Yeah, Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. So they both worked different work jobs. One is working the toil, soil, planting crops. The other one is keeping the calves and the, and the cows and the sheep and all the stuff that I have no idea because I grew up in L.A. <laughs> we had the filet of fish and we had the Burger King. And we had the jack-in-the-box. How come there's no jack-in-the-box in Utah? What's wrong with you? Okay, let's devote this to deep prayer. I'm kidding. And I love this, by the way. You have to look at these two brothers. One has obviously had a deep encounter with God. The other one has not. Abel brings his fat portions of, of, the, of the first fruits there. He brings and he gathers some of those and he puts those there and he puts them before God. And I love how Cain, it says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits. You know, when when God was looking at the fruits of Cain, he he isn't looking for the middle of the pack. Like, you know, Lord, you know how my day went. I did this and I did this and I squeezed you in at 530, let you know I was there, you know. God wants the first part of our life. Amen? The first part of our devotion. You can think, well, how, why? Why is God so demanding? Listen, all your source of life, this provision, God is saying, I'll take care of you as you put me first. Okay? This is the promise of God here. In the course of time, Cain brought, can everyone say some? Some of the fruits. It's kind of like Cain was like, here it is. You know, it's kind of like, well, here's the first part of the paycheck, and here's the next part, and... Do we got enough for God? And, and I, I know what people are thinking. And I used to be real trepid, you know, when I talked about finances at church. But then I, I've really realized how much God talks about it. You know, it's kind of like, oh, man, my Rocky Mountain power bill. And I got this going on and this going on. Yeah, so if that's going on, you definitely don't want to put God in charge of your finances at this point. Because <laughs> you've been doing so well with it. But think about it. We, we start to give, it's, and people do this all the time with their time. You know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to go to the gym, and then I'm going to do that, and then I'm going to go this, and I'm going to, you know, they name all the different things, and then they go, oh, and then I'll, maybe I'll spend time with God. 
You know, and then I'm going to have this. I'm going to go see this movie, Thor, because he's almost like God, he, except he only has a hammer that he throws around. But, man, he isn't a movie after all, but I should go see that. And there goes 20 bucks. And then, and then you start to go down, and then all of a sudden you go, yeah, and, you know, maybe I should serve God too. I'm sorry, but that's not the first portions. That's not the first part of the fruit. The first part of our heart is when we wake up, God gets the first part of our devotion. It's not USA Today, what should I do today? It's Lord, what's on your agenda today? How many say amen to this? Is it okay to be bold with you guys? You know, it's, it's being a straight shooter. You know, it, it's like Abel brought fat portions from the, some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor, favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. And look at Cain. So Cain was basically ticked, right? And what did his face do? It's downcast. It's like, I'm not looking up to God. It's like, gosh, you know. You, you know, in Malachi, we have the same thing. The whole nation is going to God and going, why aren't we prospering? And he goes, we, we've been your people. We're like your people. And, and he's going, well, it's because you robbed me. And he goes, well, they go, what? And what? What way have we robbed you? And he goes, into your tithes and offerings. You haven't brought the first portion of the Lord. And as you go down that scripture, you'll see it's not just about the money. You know, Jesus says, where your heart is, your treasure is. You show, show me someone who's having a struggle with finances, they're having a struggle with the heart. My pastor says it, one of my supervisor, Ron Pinkston, he's spoken here before. He says, when you let go of everything, you can let, ask God for anything. You just let it go. And believe me, I know Ron. That's not just the saying. He lives this way. He, he's given up things where all of a sudden the Lord calls you and he goes, hey, you got to surrender this and you take a step out. And that's the way it is. You lose something. Two things right here. The first fruit, this is by faith. You either by faith believe that God can provide for your salvation and your sanctification and your provision and your life. And then you, if you believe it, you follow it up with, okay, Lord, then I'll trust you with it. And you do it. And trust me, I'm someone who has tithed and all that and given and offerings for over 20, probably 27 years now. And I've always seen God go th- come through. Even when we had no money, we had peace. And God said, I'll come through for you. I mean, I could tell you miracle story after miracle. And how many have their own miracle story? Honestly, you have your own honest miracle story. Miracle story, what I'm talking about is you have no idea how God's going to provide, and he does. And you know what's awesome? You have peace in this life because you're not worried about it. How do you do with money? God's in charge. He's got it. Just have to trust him, you know? And sometimes we have to follow that up with being better stewards of our money. You know, you can't buy all the things that you thought you'd buy. We as a nation can't spend the same way we've always been able to spend. We have to spend less. Amen? Just turn to someone and say, you have to spend a little less. <laughs> I, hey, I was, I was talking to a friend, you know, talking about the Philippines, and he was telling me that the average salary there per month is, is a, a really good salary there was 300 bucks a month. That's a good salary. I don't think they're going to the megaplex. 
right? You know? I don't know if they're buying the organic tuna. Right? They're buying Pepe's tuna right down the street. It probably is organic. All right. Listen, can I just encourage you? Give the first fruit of everything in your life to God. I don't know how else to tell you that. You bring it to the storehouse. That's what the Bible says. The storehouse is the place of your provision. Um, if, if you come here and you're part of a different church, because that's really where you are and you're visiting, and you can bring an offering here, but don't bring your first fruits here. Bring your first fruits where they belong. And you know what? God tells them, He goes, My house, where I, what represents me, which is us, our hearts, and the place where we meet and where we go, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to decorate it. I'm going to make it look good. You could tell when the blessings of the Lord were on the children of Israel. They prospered in the land, and all the people prospered. The nation of Israel was addressed in Malachi, but if there is the nation of Israel now, it is the people of God. We are the seed of Abraham. Just, just read in Galatians, it'll tell you that. Okay, this is, a, this is a, the scripture here of love and faithfulness, since we're talking about faith and faithfulness. Proverbs 3, 1 it's not up there, but I'll just, just, it says, let love and faithfulness be a graceland or be adorned around your neck. Can everyone say faith? God is saying, let love and let faith be part of you. And then he says, trust in the Lord. It's not up there yet. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. How many have read that? Right? Trust in the Lord with what? And then what? Lean not. Lean not on your own understanding. Because that's where you'll go, right? Well, you've got to figure it out. Lean not. You can have understanding, just don't lean on it. In all your ways, what? Acknowledge him. In other words, get God in the loop. Lord, this is what's going on. I need to let you know. That, that, used, that was my first year as a Christian. God, can I tell you something? I hope you're listening. And then I think to myself, man, I blew it last night. He ain't listening. And then I'd remember, I'm not saved by myself. I'm saved by Christ. So I can talk to God today. And then I'd watch him work. And it says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. He shall what? Make your what? Paths what? Straight. He's going to keep you on the straight road. He's going to take you to that place of promise. He took, he took Joshua there. He was bringing Moses to the edge of the promised land. He brought Abraham to the land of Canaan and freedom. Honor the Lord, then it says right after. Trust the Lord with all your heart, but now it's got to take action. Honor him with all your what? With your wealth. What part? With the second part, to see if you have anything left over, can everyone just say first fruits? It's the first fruits of all your crops. It's just the first part. It's the first one. And the reason it's the first part is not, is not because God is saying, I want some stuff. Like, you, can you imagine God up there and going, I need crops? <laughs> Gabriel, Michael, the archangel, we're out of crops. Can you get people? This isn't like Clash of the Titans where you have these Greek gods that are kind of like humans, but they fly around. God has actually made all things. He doesn't need the crops. He's getting your heart with the crops. When he gets the crops, he gets the heart because that's where your heart is. Where your heart is, your treasure is. I'm telling you the truth. This is just straight talk. I can tell, because I know it in my own heart, when I start to get tight, all of a sudden I'm tight with God. And it doesn't matter. I'm tight with my service. I'm tight with my love. I'm tight with my time. I'm tight with stuff. 
And then when I start to let it go and I trust God and I'm able to give, all of a sudden the flow of God, the provision of God that wants to flow through me, I can give and I get. I can give and then I have more to give. And it's an amazing miracle that I can walk and be the hands and feet of God. We start to feed people through Jesus Feeds and God brings more food. Hallelujah. This is a bunch of if-then statements in the scripture. If you do this, if you do this, honor the Lord. Can everyone just say then? Then your barns will be filled to overflowing. And I love this. Your vats are going to brim with new wine. I need some new wine. (laughs) Amen? It doesn't really mean that, Pastor. What it means is shut up. It means that. (laughs) Of course it means that. I'm serious. I don't want to hate when people explain stuff like that away. He's trying to encourage them. And your vats are going to have new wine. They're going right on. (laughs) Right? I'm not saying that you should be a drunk. The Bible says don't get drunk. Right? But rather be filled with the Spirit. (sighs) How many need your barns overflowed? Filled. Overflowing. Uh, can tell you so many stories. Faith in the purple, the next slide. It brings blessings and rewards. And I, I love this. Without faith, without believing, it's impossible to please God. Why? Because anyone who comes to him must believe. It's kind of like a matter of fact. You, can't, you won't come to God if you don't believe in God. Now, I believe there's a God out there. Yeah, do you ever go to him? No. But do you believe? Yeah, I think there's possibly some intelligence out there that's probably a little higher than ours, something like Star Trek. Do you ever go to him? No, but I watch TV and I watch Star Trek. Not quite the same thing. If you believe God, you'll go to him. That's how it shows that you believe. You must believe he exists, and not that only, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. God's looking for more than a God. I know you're out there. He wants your heart to connect to it. Why? Because it's training. It's practice. You know, I, you know, I played pro soccer and got you know, drafted in the pros at a young age. And I would spend hours with kicking, certain kicking styles and dribbling and juggling the ball and, and head fakes and being able to control what I wanted of my body and legs. And, and, and being able to control the ball where you know, they could throw the ball at you and boom, you could chest trap it and you could shoot it first time. We work on first time shooting where it's not... You trap it, and then you set it up, and then you kick it. No, you trap it where it needs to be, and you shoot it. And you learn the different angles. And you, don't practice, you practice spontaneously because you never know where it's going to be. It's not like you're just doing a free throw. It's, it could be anywhere on the field. Well, training is like that when you seek God. He wants you to seek him, practice seeking him, earnestly seeking him, open your heart to him. To each one of you, he's given a measure of faith. Exercise that faith. Listen, verse 29, by faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land. But when the Egyptians tried so, they were drowned. They believe, one person believes in God and sees it. And trust me, you can't imagine what the water would have looked like. You and I can't imagine. I mean, it's, we can just paint a picture, but imagine that rustling sea and you've got to go before it. If you don't believe in God, you won't go. And I love how God ensures it by sending Egyptians on the other side on chariots. We don't know if we're going to go. Okay. Send the chariots. I want to go in the water now. 
right? By faith, the walls of Jericho, what? They fell after the people marched around them seven days. This is not a recipe or a formula. Everything that you want. I want a new business. I'll walk around it seven times. You have to have your own walk with God. Do you notice that Jericho's story and Joshua is different than Moses' story? God's got a different story for everybody. He's got a story for you. Think about where you came from. And you might think right now, oh, man, I'm so low. Yeah. That's when God does his best stuff, when you're low. I need miracles. God always does miracles for people who need miracles. Amen? By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, a holy, in holy, can you say in holy fear? In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And I, I just want to take this, this one, one, one moment just to share this. It, I, it, I really believe it grieves the heart of God that the people of God turn to the news channels for their prophecy of end times. You can't turn to CNN and Fox and MSNBC and all these channels to tell us what's going to happen. Since when does the world prophesy to the church? Since when? I'm telling you the people of God should be more in tune with what God is doing in our world than the news. But I hear so many people who are just driven by it. And they come in and they go, this is what's going to happen. And I'm thinking, nope, that's not going to happen. Why are you wasting this time in fear? Because you're getting directed by the world. You want to know what the Lord's going to do? Great things. And he's going to pour out salvation in our state. And he's going to pour salvation. And he's going to bring, his face is going to shine upon us. And he's going to fill us. He's going to be guiding us in the truth. And no matter, you know, one may fall on one side and 10,000 on another, but you shall stand. Right? Oh, Lord, please don't give us so, so much that we're drowning in it, but don't give us so little that we feel like we have to steal. Thank you, Lord, for that song. That you will keep us, even though we go through the valley of the shadow of death, we shall not fear. He'll come through with us. We are need to be a people of faith who stand out in the crowd, a city on a hill, a light. Instead of following the world and what it's saying, they are not our prophetic voice. It's time that you turn to maybe the elders and the pastors and leaders of our church and other churches to say what God is doing. Because God is working in the world and he has a plan and the kingdom is advancing and I'm telling you that men of violence will take hold of it. Is that not what the scripture says? But yet we have men of remote controls. Seriously. And they watch the TV and they come off the show and that's what they think the world's going. And that's what they preach. And that's what they teach. And everybody follows suit. And the more people watch TV, they direct it rather than the word of God. The love of most may grow cold. The Bible says it will. But you know what? It still says that we're going to shine right in the midst of it. We're going to be led by glory to glory to glory to glory. And that is the promise of the people. Hear the prophetic voice of the text and the scriptures and not the voice of the news that is going to show you how much the inflation is outrunning income. Who cares? God has his different measures. He says, give and it shall be given to you. With the same measure you use will be measured on you. Unless, of course, the economy's bad. Then I can't work my miracles because I'm subject to all these news channels. Now, I'm afraid not. I'm afraid that God can prosper you and bless you. We had friends, Joey and I have a friend who planted churches right in the middle of the Yugoslavia, Croatian, Serbian war. 
right in the battle he went. He picked the front of the battle center line and planted and said, Christ, find him here. And that church has grown and done amazing things. You know why? Because God was in it. Yeah, but it's on the battlefront. Who cares? God said, plant it, and he did. And I, this friend of mine is as bold as a lion. These stories are true all over the world. I told you about the head of well, the leaders of Africa. We have a church. Our particular mission movement, Foursquare, is in, we're, they're having church in the capital of Ghana now. They have church services in the capital. And I asked that leader, because they have almost half the nation is part of the Christian church now. And I asked, Jody and I met with the leaders of that movement, and I said, so what's your plan? And he says, to get the other half. <laughs> In his African garb, and can I tell you something? He was as bold as a lion. When they said it, him and his wife were like, yeah, you want to see our spear? I mean, that's what it felt like, you know? And I'm thinking, we're over here going, our economy's going so bad, and I'm not even sure and stuff. I don't even know if I want to go to the envelope system with my money. Go to the envelope system with your money. Amen? Amen. Take a finance class. Learn how to manage your money a little better. Trust me, I've been stupid too. Right? How many have been stupid? Okay, turn to someone, raise your hand, and just go, stupid. Okay. Now, do you want to stay there or do you want to grow? Then we grow by faith. Listen, I, I'm going to just tell you one thing as, as we are closing up in here. We've got, got a few more scriptures, but they're all re- repeating a lot of the same things. We as a church are trying to grow too. Not grow people. I mean, just to grow to, you know, to see how many people we can get. We want to reach people for the gospel of Jesus Christ. How many say Amen. When we stay at a place or in a location, we've been in like 10 different locations. We're not a building church. We're a people church. In Europe, they call our church the people church. You guys are the people church. You guys don't care about buildings. And I go, that's right. But you know what? I really believe, and we have prayed as a council. We have looked at all our council. We have prayed as pastors and leaders and elders of our church. You know, people who've walked with the Lord have come together in various ways over the last several months. And we believe we don't, trust me, we do not have the money to do anything but we still believe that God wants us to step out in faith. I know it's risky, but I don't care. We have to obey the Lord when he's put this on our heart. We believe that God wants us to take a step out. How many believe we need to be bold in this? I believe God has something for us, and I believe that God wants our church, the adventure, and those around us to be an influence in this city and in this state. Some of you don't realize this because you don't know who you are yet. But you are pastors, leaders, influencers, movers, and shakers in the kingdom. And you are, are growing in the Lord. You have not realized it. But you will. But we're not going to wait till you realize it. We're going to keep going. Amen? Amen? And I would ask you as a church that we pray and ask God to open it. I am not looking at our congregation and going, hey, maybe we can raise a couple million dollars to find some place that is the right thing for us. But let me tell you what I am doing. I'm going to ask us as a church that at some point we need to bring the fishes and loaves just like Jesus did of what we have in our pockets and what we can sacrifice to say, Lord, we're going to put it there and we're going to ask him to multiply it. How many say amen? Amen. Listen, if you think for a moment that this is just a church activity, that the business of the church is doing this, Those of you who have been walking around here with us for a while, you know that oftentimes when we do things as a church, 
God's also doing things in your own household, is he not? You're thinking, oh, man, we're struggling. How are we getting on? And God's going, no. Forget about just what the church is doing. You need to learn how to sacrifice. Some of you men and women, you've been afraid to step out in faith. God's challenged you to a new career. And he's saying, I want you to step out. And you've been afraid to do it. You're hemming and hawing, talking about it, but you're not doing it. You've had, maybe you've, like when Peter was out there with the nets, haven't caught anything, and you go, I probably won't catch anything next time. The Lord's saying, throw out the nets again. And this is a season for us to be blessed and prosperous, not the time to be starving. And there are those of you who are hurting. You're giving it all you got. You're going, I've tried. That's okay. Sometimes it's good to be needy. And show, God will show you that you need others. And God will surround you, and you'll see the love of God around you. And may you, church, and may I, church, be the hands and feet and the love of Christ to others. Amen? We don't care about buildings and facilities. What we do care about is being an influence in the kingdom in this place. And we are going to do everything we can to preach the gospel in this place, not just with words, but with action. Amen? Why don't you close your eyes? We're going to close in prayer. Father, I thank you for your mercies. Lord, that we are called to live by faith. And I love what James says. You have faith? Let me show you my faith by what I do. Faith, that faith without works is a dead faith. We're not saved by those works. We're saved by faith. But that faith produces real works. Lord, I pray that you'd help our church become a church of action. Lord, I know, and let me just speak to you guys. I know that in this world, churches and organizations always come off, you know, like they're trying to take your money and the last thing you need, you got your Rocky Mountain power bill and whatever else that's up, your phone bill and all that. I say this as an integrous pastor to tell you that this is what the Word of God teaches. It teaches that you can trust Him with your resources. And if you do, He'll pour out a blessing upon you. Give and it shall be given back to you. Right? With the press down, you know, flowing over. And then He says, you know, with the measure you use, it'll be measured to you like I mentioned before. I encourage you to find freedom with your finances. Find freedom with your time. You have enough time to sacrifice for someone else. You do. I promise you. And God will multiply the time you invest. I promise you he will. I promise you he will. And Father God, I pray, Lord, and I'll just ask you, we have the base camp team come forward as we're closing our service. This is our, we have a base camp, which is a discipleship course. It's if you want to be discipled and say, I want to grow as a disciple of Christ, but you've kind of been winging it on your own, kind of trying to figure it out. This is a really concerted effort. It's not like a new believers class. It is a discipleship course, how to walk with God so you can see where the blessings and the fruitfulness of God is. It's done in a community setting. I encourage you to contact one of these leaders and say, I want to be a part of this. If you're out there and you can tell, it's not just me, but you can tell God's been talking to you about your own faith. And you're saying, Lord, I want to grow in faith. I want to grow in my trust in you. I want to grow in it. Give me faith, Lord, a fruit of your spirit. Just raise your hand up high, just real high. Make it plain, no question. 
you are the one that's saying, I want it, God. He looks, he sees. And Lord, we acknowledge, we just say, Lord, give us the faith we need to move forward. Lord, let us show our kids the faith we have in trusting you and believing you. Let them see, Lord, that when they trust you with their lives, Lord, that you will be faithful to them. And last of all, maybe you've never put your faith in Christ alone before. You've had your faith in man. You've had your faith in religion. You've had your faith in your church attendance. You've had faith in, you know, you're a pretty good person in your mind. Whatever you've had faith in, I want you to reject that for a moment and just say, I want to put my faith in Christ alone. Jesus Christ came and paid for your sins. He says, anyone who hopes in me will not be put to shame. And then John 3, 16, which most people have seen at a football game, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Maybe you've not acknowledged him in public, but you say, I need my sins forgiven. If that's you, just look up at me. Raise your hand. I want my eyes to meet yours. Could you look up at me? Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Amen. Raise your hand so I can know they acknowledge you, okay? Anybody? My right, your left. Amen. I see you back there. Amen. I see you there. There. Back there, too. Is that you? Someone back there? Okay. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Back there as well. Amen. Lord, I thank you for these and the ones maybe I didn't see. And I thank you for your salvation. And those of you who raised your hand to receive Christ, just will you just say to the Lord right now, say, thank you for forgiving me. Just say, thank you for forgiving me. All my sins, past, present, future, they're forgiven. And Lord, fill me with your spirit. Help me to grow in faith and in life. Give me the love that I need. And just admit that you can't do this. You need God's help. You need God's power. And we lift up again, Amy Paredes, Lord, that you would heal her body. You'd restore her. We lift Doug Pillow up as well, that you'd heal him and deliver him, and Fran as well. Bring health to our body. We put our faith and confidence in you that you are able to do these things. In Jesus' name, do I hear an amen?